Welcome to the Hope City Drip. This is a podcast of Hope City Church in Clinton, Iowa, where we exist for the glory of Jesus and the joy of Clinton. And we know that life can be really busy and hectic. And so whether you're a stay-at-home mom and you got littles running around, or you're a shift worker and you got weird long hours and commutes, whatever you do, this is made for you to digest the mission and the vision of our church. It's a vision drip. So you let it drip at your own pace. Listen to this thing how you want to listen to it. Rewind it, repeat it, whatever. We just hope that it serves to help you live for the glory of Jesus and the joy of your local community. And my name is Nick Powell, and I'm joined with... Ben Parker. Ben Parker. Uh, Just a couple of Clinton kids uh, talking about Jesus. And uh, this week's episode is going to be a part two of... uh, Well, the last episode we did was on encouragement. And uh, we really kind of went into, uh, you know, as Jesus followers, we're called to be a community of uh, encouragement. We are to be this uh, community, you know, where we, uh, we live out um, the command of Jesus to uh, not only go and share the gospel, but to be a place in which we love one another, that our posture towards one another is, uh, is encouragement. And so, like, there's passages in Scripture like uh, Hebrews... Uh, where it says that we are to not to neglect meeting together, but actually meet together, prioritize that so that we can encourage one another. And so this episode, I want to talk about like just really practical. I want to try to avoid, and this is hard for me, I want to try to avoid the uh, abstract, we're way up in the air kind of talk about uh, encouragement. And I want to get down to the ground level that human congregation, people of Jesus living life, like how do we actually put into practice being a community of encouragement? And uh, one of the things I want to point out, I want to throw the ball to Ben here in a second, but the uh, one of the cool things about being uh, in the local church and being a Christ follower is that God gives every single believer unique gifts to serve uh, one another. And uh, in Romans 12, speaking, just sticking with the theme of encouragement, Romans 12, verse 8, uh, let's see if I have it here. Is it here? Yeah, here it is. Okay, so Romans 12, verse 8, uh, and this is this is the ESV translation, says, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, and the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Um, This is a passage where God is giving, um, through the Spirit, He's empowering people to to serve the body, to serve one another. And in the the NLT, this is a different translation of Scripture, Uh, same verse, it says, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. Uh, If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So, it's like, oh, recognize that if God has given you this gift, speaking strictly of encouragement, if God's given you this gift of encouragement, encourage one another. Yeah. So there is a general sense in which we're all called to be, uh, to be in a like to love one another as Jesus loved us. So in in a sense, we're all called to encourage one another. But in another sense, God has given some in our church uh, the the particular gift of like, they have extra encouragement. What they have to offer the church is like even more. Mm -hmm. They can flex that encouraging muscle and like help us. So I think Ben here is endowed with this gift. Like I think God has given him a gift of being able to encourage one another. So for you, like, what is it like to, 
what is it like? No. For you, how do you take seriously? I love the way that NLT puts it. Um, like take seriously that you have the gift of encouragement and then use that, put that into practice. Like what's that? How do you think through that? Um, I guess I like, I just started realizing the, that I do have the gift of encouragement. Very humbly going to slide that out. Like, well, I, you, you have total permission <laughs> to just like not humble brag hate, or anything. I hate talking about myself. So I, like, <laughs> I believe you have the gift of encouragement. Okay. So just, we'll go just with trust that. me. <laughs> trust me. Um, I think I just very recently discovered that not, I think there's just been more of a fire lately to encourage others and, and build each other up and just let people know that you love them and you're there for them and everything. So I think I've really just noticed it more so lately, but, um, as far as like using the gift, uh, I always consider like if it's given to me, like I need to use it, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. if once I realize that I do have the gift, um, then I need to like be more aware of it and, and be a good steward of it. And cause it's not just for me. It's the gift encouragement isn't for me. I'm not, good at encouraging myself but yeah uh it's for others and that's what i want to show them love by encouraging them uh you know through what god has given me right do you do you feel like you've recognized over the years other people in your life that you say yeah they had the gift of encouragement and they encouraged me like do you can you remember people in your life that have encouraged you yeah oh yeah there's definitely people in my life um looking back now that i think at the time, I was just blown away because it was love. They were showing me love, and they were very close to me and um, all of that. But now, kind of looking back and knowing a little more about it, definitely have the gift of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Just what they continually speak over me and positive and uplifting and just out of the blue, you know, that they know what I'm going through and they're reaching out, you know, yeah. to, to do something. So, Yeah, they took it seriously. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a big part of that, like, to frame that, I know I said it wasn't going to be super abstract, but Jesus called us to, to deny ourselves. He said, come follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross so that you may have life. And so the whole life of the Christian is this journey that is shaped by the cross, you know, self-denial. And mm-hmm. so I think, I love the way you said that. Like, I should, if God has given me this gift, then I should steward it and I should, like, um, make sure that I use it like yeah. to his glory. And I think that that requires us to think through things in terms of, Maybe I don't always want to encourage somebody, but I feel like I have in the past and God has worked through me and that's been very helpful. And so I should prioritize that even when I don't necessarily want to. So for you, like, what does it look like practically to take encouragement seriously and how have you encouraged others in Jesus? I find it like pretty easy to do it, um, especially like you know, if there's someone I know that's going through a hard time and I'm thinking about them, I threw a lot of practice when I first started doing it a couple of years ago. It was like really like intimidating to be like, uh, God put you on my heart and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, take care. You know, it's like because you don't know how people are going to respond. You don't want to yeah. sound fake and anything. So I think over the years I've gotten more consistent and better at it. But the hardest part, I think this is where the challenging part is coming when you have to send an encouraging word to um, someone you don't talk to very often or you mm-hmm. maybe had a, a rough history with or you didn't end on good terms with if it was like a relationship or a friendship or you know something along that, that lines that like they they get brought up and then you have like you feel like you're supposed to say something to them and then 
re- like stepping out into your own, like out of your, outside your comfort zone and saying that to them. Yeah. So I mean, like, what are you doing though, like to encourage someone? Uh, usually, I'll like most common would be just a text. Yeah. Um, if it's someone that I know their schedule, and just because I like this is I hate that we're at this point where like you have to ask permission to call someone, but I'd rather do it in person, you know, obviously. Uh, but I'll call someone if it's someone that I know and just check in on them and be like, Hey, I'm thinking about you, you know, X, Y, Z encouragement. Otherwise texting, uh, is what I usually do. Otherwise, uh, what I've really grown to do, I think, especially since I lived in Austin, uh, and being away from a lot of friends and family that were up here still, mm-hmm. uh, even I would even send stuff in Austin to people, but handwritten letters has yeah. become one of my favorite things to, to do. Yeah. There's a, yeah, there's, there's someone recently in my life who, uh, in our church, who's been coming to worship with us, who is just killer at this, who writes letters as part of her, um, personal ministry. Like that's just what she mm-hmm. feels like God has put on her heart to do. And so she's prioritized that in her life. And, uh, honestly she wrote me a letter and it made me cry like just, and it was just right from the heart encouragement mm-hmm. to me and my family. And I needed it. It came at the right time. And uh, I was just thinking about this. Like, if she hadn't prioritized that, uh, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have felt that way yeah. in that moment. So it was like a, I'm glad and thankful that she sacrificed a bit of her time to sit down, write the letter, and I, I believe God used that yeah. to lift me out of a darker spot. You know. So I don't know. What are some other ways? Like writing letters, sending texts. So words of encouragement seem to be yeah. a big thing here. Yeah. I- and continuing on that words of encouragement, words of affirmation, uh, probably presence, you know, being with people as much as I can. Uh, you know, if I'm thinking about them, try and reach out and not just like send a encouraging word and then like peace out and not talk to them again, but want them, I want to like sandwich that in with spent time spent with them to show them that I care for them and I love them and I'm prioritizing them. So getting coffee, getting lunch, dinner, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it looks like to, and then while I'm there, just be like, Hey, you know, I'm so thankful for you for this, or, you know, I really think you are great at this or, you know, something that uplift them, but not just trying to not saying there's anything against sending a text or anything, but I value presence. And I think that that speaks volume more of the encouragement when you're with them and you're spending time with them rather than just like, lofting it over the town through like electronic message you know like <laughs> like just <laughs> like you're just punting you know, yeah just punting out in yeah ether yeah yeah i put a status that seemed encouraging to me yeah scattershotted it everywhere because i think it's just the more relational and the more more like proximity um that you mm. can get to someone is the better yeah uh and especially if it's someone I mean, think of you or listener that if you've gone through a time of suffering or dark time, it feels great to get a text like that. If, you know, someone says something uplifting to you in those times, that's, that's amazing. Like not downplaying that at all, but how much better is it if someone takes time to schedule time with you or just impromptu show up at your house, but like to listen to you, to hang out with you, to laugh. And then during that time, encourage you. Um, but even like the, with the presence thing, a lot of times the encouragement isn't through a word that I'll speak to them in presence. The, the presence is the encouragement. 
Yes. So that's how I get a lot of times. Yeah, that's huge, man. Um, like when we meet, when Nick yeah. and I meet. Uh, so I was in the hospital two weeks ago. Uh, we met a couple days, about a week after, a couple days after I got out. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And I w- it was like really weird for me. Uh, I was like trapped inside my house all weekend and out of the hospital and like felt like I had cabin fever, you know, Stockholm syndrome. And mm. uh, we normally meet and we talk like about like a lot of dreams and stuff. And I, I was like, dude, I just can't do that right now. Like, can we just like hang out? Yeah. And Nick didn't really speak anything really prophetic, you know, over me. But I left like super encouraged just by yeah. our time together and spent together in yeah. presence. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, that's like Jesus stuff right there. Just basic. That's what Jesus offers us. Like the gospel in a nutshell, I think, is God makes a way to be with you, mm-hmm. uh, to be near to you. And that's good news because being in the presence of Jesus is everything. Mm-hmm. And that's where life is found. And so, um, you know, like to be like Jesus is like being present with one another. Um, sometimes is, yeah, in and of itself, that's like encouraging. It's also kingdom work. Yeah. So in heaven, we get this picture, like when you look at the storyline of scripture is that where this is all heading is that one day we will be with God and there will be no more like faith. You know, there won't be this like separation of, I believe and I trust it's not, I don't quite see it clearly. I don't quite see Jesus clearly, but then someday you will be in the presence of God. You, you're like, mm-hmm. bam, the reason there's no faith is because you'll be there, Yeah, you know? And, uh, and so to be with someone, especially in a time of suffering, is to uh, bring heaven to earth in that moment. Like that is a heavenly, because in heaven, we will be present with one another without sin, and we will be present with God. So this like relational presence is like what's going to mark heaven. Mm-hmm. And so when you do that here in this life, like right now, then that's a, that's real kingdom work brings kingdom. So yes to all of that. And mm-hmm. like, so how does that look on earth? Like, yeah, through encouragement, but let's talk about through, um, kind of guess more so like the vocational ministry. So like a shepherd, mm-hmm. how does like the encouragement aspect propel and shape a shepherd? Mm. Or a, like, a, are, like if, as a pastor. Yeah, I was like, gonna say. I guess if people aren't familiar with the shepherd term, then like a pastor or someone that's caring for their minute, their congregation or yeah, people. Yeah, uh, like for me, like one of the things that I'm most passionate about um, with pastoral ministry is just the relationship aspect. Um, I have, I grew up at a First Baptist Church here in Clinton, and uh, Pastor Ron Lott. Is just a phenomenal pastor. One of the things uh, I think he does better than anybody is uh, offer his presence to those that are hurting. Um, and so sometimes for him, I mean, he's probably been in more crisis moments in this town over the last 20 years than than any other person I can think of. Yeah. Um, he's, he's chaplain of the fire department uh, and, and police department. And, and so for Pastor Ron, uh, one of the, the biggest gifts that he has to offer is uh, just this selfless sort of listening ear, um, a tender, um, tender, his tender presence in a moment of, of grief or suffering. And that's the picture of our Savior, of Jesus, is that in tenderness, Jesus sought us and he came towards us, not as a like beating us over the head with the Bible kind of thing, but like he actually wanted to be around us and mm-hmm. comfort us. So the best that I have to offer as a pastor is to refer people to Jesus by being like Jesus, like hanging out with them and just offering myself to, to people um, in a loving, listening way. Yeah. So 
but the the neat thing about that is that in Peter it says that we're a, a kingdom of priests. So in a sense, we're all pastors. Yeah. Um, we're all uh, able to bring the presence of God to bear on one another's lives, and and so that's a special thing. And I I think that's a freeing thought for me. Um, sometimes I feel like I need to make things matter. Mm-hmm. Like um, like for example, if I'm with somebody who's hurting, I feel like I need to share like like the right verse or the whole gospel. And oftentimes it's not even about that. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I want people to know exactly what they should know about Jesus. But I mean, sometimes it's just enough. Like you're saying with your story, us sitting in the coffee shop together, just like wanted a friend, you know, just like hanging out. And I think that that's just, that's right. You know, sometimes God's calling us to just be someone's friend in that moment. And that's encouraging. Yeah. And that's being like God. Yeah, I've, ha- I've had that happen before where I'll meet with um, a friend or someone that's like hurting and going through stuff. And so I'll try and prepare and like come with an agenda of like oh, articles or like, yeah. you know, like obviously I don't have it like laid out. And like, yeah. but like, like just to be prepared and like, hey, I know these help me or like scriptures or something like that. And like 99% of the time in these meetings, I never reference them. It's just, yeah, you know, you just listen to them, let them give them space to talk and to be open and vulnerable if they would like. And then I think the encouragement comes through that, through yeah. your presence. Absolutely. I don't, I'm not going to diminish that. That's what I want to get to is the presence, but through that authentic, um, openness and that natural conversation that happens in the relationship that gets built there in that moment, that's where like true encouragement can come. Not, um, like pre-cooked, pre-built encouragement that you just like want to stamp out. Like, yeah, yeah, this is like, like cookie cutter encouragement. Right. Like that, like maybe it's like unique to that person, but you came prepared with it. But like, right. like what they really need is like a new thing. Right. What they really need is something that like, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And it takes the spirit for us. Like we need the spirit to give us ears to listen and a heart to like discern those things in the moment to be able to know what to say. Yeah. Give us like wisdom and words to like say rather than yeah. just like floating out our own opinions. That's hard. Yeah. I think that kind of goes back to the whole like cross shape of encouragement is uh, every act of encouragement is an act of self-denial. I feel like I'm mm-hmm. just totally convinced of that. Like, okay, so a dude in my life who's I think the best at this um, is my my buddy Cole Dykey. He's the lead pastor at Frontier, our sending church in Des Moines. And he, I mean, the dude is just like one of the most gifted guys I know. He was an excellent wrestler. Um, he's a credible communicator. Uh, he coaches wrestling and so, and he, his kids are always doing well at state and stuff. And so he's just a really successful dude. And usually, I don't want to say every time, but a lot of times when a guy is really good at something, he can become puffed up and conceited. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very least, he's not looking for opportunities to encourage others. Yeah. He's used to being the center of attention. Yeah. Cole is not like that. The dude is always encouraging one another. He's encouraging other people and bringing the best out of people. That's like a great coach, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so from, I learned, I learned from him that a leader encourages, like that's just the posture of a leader. The, because Jesus fundamentally is a person who, bring who who wants us to like bring the best out of us you know uh, jesus isn't uh always sniping you know how do i put this like i feel like sometimes it's easy to cut others down cut ourselves down cut one another down 
we have all sorts of flaws, man. Yeah. Like there's so much out there. And so I think it's natural for human beings to sit around and complain. It's not natural for us to sit around and be like, how can I encourage you, brother? Like, yeah, it's not natural to look at the positive light. No. For most people. There are some people that most of the time that comes natural to them. Yeah. And God bless them. That's yeah. amazing. And that's why I think it is important to recognize that God does gift people, like I think you, Ben, that he's given you the gift of spiritual um, like encouragement, like the spiritual gift of encouragement. And that, so for the people like the rest of us, like me, I would, I'm not naturally um, an encourager. Practically, like I would rather sit around and talk about like the big problems of culture and of the economy and politics, whatever. Like I love talking about ideas and big things, whatever. And sometimes that can just be depressing to people. They're like, ah, why are you always talking about what's negative? You know, mm-hmm. and I, to me, I'm like kind of energized by that. And, and I'm also have this face. I got some RBF going on sometimes. And, uh, and so sometimes people are, <laughs> I'm not even going to explain what that means to anybody who doesn't, but my face disposition can look like I'm upset. Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, and for, for me as a pastor, I have to consciously think about like, okay, um, I need to die to myself in this moment. There's people in the room and I don't need to be a chipper, uh, fake person. Like there's a difference between, uh, being like chipper and being genuinely encouraging. Yeah. And I think part of that, I don't want, I'm curious what you think about this, but, um, I have to fight to be interested in others, you know, like remember their name. What was, where did they work? Um, you know, like what did they say they were going through a week ago? You know, oh, I got a text from my brother and he said that his girlfriend's having a hard time or something. Mm-hmm. I need to remember those things because those are, are like, that's ammunition for future encouragement. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember. Hey, how'd that go? Like, so I'm checking in. How can I be praying for you? Um, those types of things. And I think that takes, the lie is that all comes naturally. We're all sinful. And I don't think that comes naturally at all. Yeah. Um, I think we need the spirit's power to to come in and and, and be an encouraging presence with one another. So I don't know what you think about that. One thing I just thought of, uh, because I think especially in our generation, um, you know, the millennial gen, gen Z, ABC, I don't remember (laughs) the labels, but, um, they, uh, like we're really individualized intrinsic. So like when I go to like, I, I've been trying to like really train myself to, to do this. When I go to like 392, I'm there to like work. I'm there yeah. to try and get some stuff done. I'm in my, I got my headphones in and like, I don't really want to be bothered. Like, Which I'll, is a coffee shop, by the way. Sorry. Yes. A coffee anybody, shop in town. Nobody knows. And I want to go there and I, I'm trying to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. I want to like, I'll talk with people, you know, if people come up, but like my main thing isn't to, to do that. I'm, I'm there to, to work. That's right. And so what I've been trying to do though, I think a, a big picture of this is Think of like the nicest, um, like elderly person. Like when you see like sweet, a sweet old lady or like a sweet guy, like they, they have smiles on their face when they greet you. They're like, they don't have their phone out. They're like intentional with you. Mm -hmm. And so I've been, I would like take that. And now what I try and do is like, anytime someone walks to the door, I always face sit where I can see the door. And then I look up and I smile at them. Like just look up and smile. They might, I mean, maybe it's still hi, say hi. Maybe it's someone I know or not, but just yeah. like, just to like practice being a welcoming presence to wow, people. Yeah. Cause like, even just if someone walks in, 
to where I'm at and they're having a bad day and they see like some random dude smiling with his AirPods in and like taking notes over something like that could like make their day. Just like seeing someone smile at them. Yeah. And I don't know. I just want to be like a, not even necessarily that's my goal. Like obviously I want to help people, but like I want to be a non-anxious presence. I want to be an encouraging presence Yep. and a, and like a, uh, inviting or approachable presence. Right. You know, and speaking of 392, you walk into that place and they lock eyes with you. Yeah. And they, they do a great job. They prioritize you by name. Uh, like, Hey, Hey, Nick, Ben, whatever, you know? And, and you feel like, I don't know, I'm kind of an introvert, I think naturally. And so some, a little part of me is like, don't, I don't want to be the center of attention right now. You know, you walk in, the music's like, and they're like, Nick, I'm like, ah, (laughs) start dancing, like just walking in. And, but like that makes you feel good yeah. because it validates you as a human being. Yeah. Someone notices you. And I think sometimes that's all it takes. Someone oh, yeah. looks at you to and notice. Yeah. That's a good point. That goes along with the presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to notice. Take time to notice the people around you. Yeah. Life, I, you know, it's like a cheesy saying, but it's true. Life is all about people. It's relationships, man. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's 100% about relationships. And, and you know, like the, I was going to reference Ron again, like Ron, <laughs> yeah, I grew up hearing him say, uh, it's not a religion because Christianity thing is not a religion. It's a relationship. And he like catechized the congregation to say that we'd all say relationship, you know, <laughs> it was funny. And, uh, but it's true. It's yeah. such a simple thing. And so when you walk into a place like 392, it feels a little like heaven in that moment. Cause yeah, the, the relationship in that sense, it's not just vertical, it's horizontal as well. So yeah. like we are to bring heaven to earth by our horizontal relationships with others. Right. We can witness Jesus to someone just by our relationship with them without even mentioning Jesus or the gospel or anything. We can show them, you know, we can be the light or show them Jesus through that just by, you know, Jesus said, well, you'll, you'll know You'll know each other by love, by like by your love, or they will know you. They will know you by your love. love. Yeah, yeah by, I'm like, not a scripture quoter. Like, yeah, but that passage is good because Jesus is essentially saying he's like eaten at a last meal. He, you know, he's he's sharing basically his last moments with his disciples, and before he leaves, this is kind of the important stuff that he wants to tell them and leave to them. And he's like, you need to love one another mm-hmm. because when others see this community, love one another genuinely then that will refer to them, uh, refer them to the founder, to yeah. Jesus. They'll be like, oh, this is the Jesus movement. <clears throat> it's, they're doing things like what Jesus did. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's got to be where we root our, like, why we practice encouragement is because Jesus practiced encouragement. Yeah. Um, which es- essentially is like we have to, I, I know this is, a, again, this is kind of an abstract thing, but the gospel, like, uh, Jesus, Jesus prioritized being a person of encouragement. He wasn't, Primarily a person who was like, oh, all these idiots, all these sinners, all these, you know, I mean, he definitely dealt with sin, but um, I think oftentimes our view of God is that he's running around. Like, for example, think about you going into the coffee shop with your AirPods in and you're like, I'm doing here, I'm here to do work. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm here. I'm here to open my uh, work stuff and that's all I'm going to do. Don't bother me. And what if God was like that? Don't bother me. I got a lot of stuff to do in this universe. Like doesn't ha- he God did, if God didn't have an open door policy to his yeah. office. Yeah. God had office hours. Yeah. And I don't think it would be weird to think of God as dropping he literally would drop anything. Mm-hmm. 
Just like dad, like kid runs into the room into dad's office. I try to be like this. I am not going to act like I'm perfect with this, but I office out of my house quite a bit and uh, my kids are young and so they're here and a lot of times they'll run in, daddy, you know, they want to do something. Can I color? Can I ask you something? Or they just pooped and I need to wipe their butt or something like there's always something to do. And my natural impulse is to say, kid, I'm doing work here. Yeah. Especially I'm doing the Lord's work. I'm writing a sermon or something like that. And I've often thought about that. Don't bother me, kid. I got to write this thing for God. Like how weird that is. Yeah. God wants me to stoop down to the child and say, I love you. And what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. And obviously that has limits. We got to get some stuff done eventually. <laughs> yeah. Don't let your kids listen to this. <laughs> My kids, yeah, they'd be like, Dad, I heard you say that anytime we come in here, you're going to like actually prioritize us. Well, so I guess, I don't know. That's like, a, I w- this is really funny. I actually told a, was talking to a pastor friend of mine. He's o- older than me and he has older kids. And I was saying, hey, I heard this other leader say that in his church, he judges his like strength of relationships based on do they have, a, um, do they have fridge rights? Mm-hmm. Can they just come into my house and go into the fridge without even asking. Like, is that, like, that's how close of a relationship he has with some of um, his people, like his friends that he knows. And so that he's like, go, do do you, you should ask yourself, does anyone in your household have fridge rights or whatever? And I told my my buddy this and he's like, my kids don't even have fridge rights. (laughs) He's like, they can't just roll up in there and get whatever they want whenever they want. (laughs) So I suppose these all, these, all these things have a, we have to apply wisdom. There's asterisks. There's asterisks next to it, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's end with how can we... Um, uh, how, oh, so practically, I, I don't want this to come across as we just need to... Some of you are naturally encouraging people, naturally smiley, wide-eyed people. Some of you aren't, but you just need to like buck up and say hi to somebody. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. This isn't just a human thing. This is a spiritual thing. Yeah. Um, God is using one another. God is using you uh, to encourage someone that needs to be encouraged by God. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's a lot of broken people sitting around praying that God would come um, lift their spirits and make them happy and joyful. And maybe you're that person that yeah. God is raising up to give a, a word of encouragement to. And so what I would love to end with is just uh, just what are some encouraging words that you would have to say to someone that maybe is out there thinking, I don't really know, like maybe there's some people that are on my heart, but I don't really know how to encourage them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's real, that those people in your heart, like that that, that might be a word from God or mm-hmm. that they that might be a burden, yeah. you know, from God uh, to prompt you to action, to prompt you to do something. And I think with encouragement, like don't delay, just do it. Like just send it. You don't think it's something you necessarily need to, I'm again, probably there's asterisks on this for certain things, but it's probably something that you don't need to like fast over and pray over. Like, Oh, should I send this encouraging word to someone or go tell them like, it's like, what's the bad thing that's going to come out of saying something nice to someone. Right. Like Like, just do it. Like, like just do it. Cause yeah. this is, I'm talking to like myself like four years ago. Like, yeah. cause like it's, it's hard and it's awkward, especially in our day and age to like do a lot of this, but like do it. 
Like right. don't delay. Like what, what's the worst that's going to come out of it? They don't respond or they like tell you you're weird. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. You're weird for being a nice person. Okay. This is important. I think we have to understand. Okay. So this is totally, I'm a real talk here for a second. Some of you, uh, and I'm going to put myself in this, the temptation when you encourage someone, sometimes, especially this happens like in a, in a marriage, sometimes if you feel like, oh, I'd like to encourage my wife to read her Bible more. It's like, that's, whoa, that's not encouragement. Yeah, that Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we should. You're like being dad right now. Yeah. Like, so. You're, agen- you're pushing your agenda and masking it as encouragement. Exactly. It's similar how prayer, sometimes group prayer can be gossip. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Ah, pray for my, you know lost uh brother or son he's really screwed up da, 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 da. and it's like okay so there's definitely this line right like genuine encouragement is usually totally self-effacing it's totally like i'm out of the picture yeah i want like ben like okay for example um you know like something i could say to ben is when he's like when he's hanging out with some of our like when, when we're doing like community group on Wednesday nights, for example, um, I love the way that you are just like easy to be around. Like some there's some people uh, that deal with heavy stuff. We all deal with heavy stuff, but when when we're in um, seasons of really heavy burdens, it's really nice sometimes to be around somebody who can just joke mm-hmm. and know like know when to when it's appropriate to joke and and can just be in your presence and it's like it's he, he's a light uh it's a light burden it's not always heavy yeah you know and so for you like i think that that's i love that so my encouragement to you is that like i, I, I love yeah. it when you're you're doing that kind of stuff and so that to me is not a that's a that i don't know i think that's an example of how we can encourage one another without veiling it in criticism yeah yeah, it shouldn't the encouragement shouldn't come back to an accolade to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like it should if anything should like it's like you you send it and then you jump out of the way and it should be like a reflection of like Jesus. Yeah. Like it shouldn't reflect you. It shouldn't have nothing to do with your agenda. Yeah. It should have everything to do with the other person and displaying love and affection and encouragement to them. It yeah. should not have anything to do with like your personal thought. And encouraging peers is especially hard because yeah. I do think that encouraging a peer really forces the issue of you have to deny yourself. Yeah. And so for example, like we moved into this old house months ago and we're working on, it's a lifelong project that Holly and I have committed to. And we've done some work. There's been some things that we've done. We've painted, I've built some things, um, and so some people come in and they talk about it. Oh, this is so cool. Your house is so cool. Well, sometimes I'm in conversations um, where it's me and someone and then a friend of mine um, who also is working on his house. He's done some cool stuff. Now, it would be, uh, I'm conscious of that tension of like, you know when you've been in a conversation when you and another person like and do the same things, mm-hmm. but you're getting the attention. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, you know, like if you have a huge stamp collection and somebody, (laughs) nobody has stamps collections, but you know what I mean? Like if you're passionate about uh, a particular sports team or a band or your house improvements, I think house stuff is really like, it's a work with your hands and guys get really wrapped up into that. And so for me, I try to prioritize 
like I genuinely think this this friend of mine does more. Like he he has a bigger project in his yeah. house. So someone comes into my house and says, "Oh, did you, you know, did you rehab and you know flip this or whatever? Like remodel this house?" And uh, a lot of this was already here. We just kind of scrubbed it and sanded and repainted and stuff. We we didn't like rebuild walls or anything. So I usually try to tell somebody, "Oh, so you, this guy, you should go meet this guy. He yeah. actually like took." took his house down to the studs and he like rewired it and all this stuff. This guy's like got a real project on his mm-hmm. hands. He's doing great work. And, uh, and so I want it off me. Yeah. You know, I want you to experience cool things in my house. I like, I love it, but I want you, I want you to also see other people doing good things. Yeah. I don't want to hog all the, uh, the attention or encouragement. So I was going to ask you something else. Um, Oh, can we end with a shotgun sort of like just quick, quick blast of uh, practical ways we can encourage? Like we just list them like um, uh, we writing letters, writing letters, text letters. messages. Um, so just general words of affirmation. I think and read like so you have text message, reach phone calls, reaching out and like prioritizing time to meet with people face to face if possible, depending yep. on where you're at. Yep. Um, currently in the state of the world, but especially, um, uh, elderly, I think of, yes, I think of like my grandma, I don't see her enough. And, uh, and she lives alone during the pandemic. We, there's so many people out there right now who have people close to them that are elderly that are lonely. Oh yeah. The best thing you can do to them is just offer your presence. Yeah. I, so I'm, I don't want this to reflect on me, but I have a, our old growing up. Um, our neighbors behind us uh, were like family to us. They treated, they were like our grandparents, you know, they treated us with so much love and it was awesome. They'd come to like our baseball games and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, He passed away uh, like three or five years ago and then, and she lives by herself now. And I was thinking about her uh, over the summer and I wrote her a handwritten letter, just reminiscing old times and just checking in on her and stuff. And she talks with my mom periodically and she said it was like, the nicest thing that she has received and she needed it because she's so lonely right now, like especially with COVID and stuff. And her family lives um, half the country away. And uh, so again, I don't want that to like come back on me. Like I'm super awesome, but I love it. How long was the letter? Uh, Was it like front and back pages front and like just a page and a half, two page, like of a notebook or not even like a spiral notebook. I don't know. What would you call this? A journal? Like right. A, so it wasn't um, like a ton. No. You, you yeah. Sorry. Like write yes. her a book. No, I didn't write her a book. It was just like, yeah, pretty short and sweet. Yeah. And probably made a big impact. Yeah. So yeah, I just like, I, I love what you brought up the elderly. I think that is like an amazing place to start. And especially just right now, just because of the their risk of exposure and everything with COVID. So I think if you, you want to get out your pen and quill and start writing practicing handwritten letters, like that's an amazing place to start. I think so too. I think so. And especially how we don't interact with that much very anymore. Yeah. I think it, it speaks extra volumes, uh, intentionality. Yeah. Cause they recognize that. I think cause in their generation, obviously they didn't have email and text. So like yeah. that was normal, but they understand the time it takes to write a letter. Yeah. Um, so I think that they understand like the meaning behind it. I think not saying that our generation doesn't, but like for them that like is probably hits a little more home. I think so. Just have like readable handwriting. Right. 
I think also recognizing someone who's made strides. Um, sometimes people get bogged down with they don't feel like they've grown. Yeah. I've had people speak into my life a number of times where they've like, man, you've really grown in this area. Um, and you know what it feels like to not have that be a veiled insult. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, where it's like, yeah, man, like you've genuinely like you become more joyful or kind or some area of your life that you've maybe wanted to see sanctification become more holy like Jesus. Like, or maybe it's just like a plain run of the mill skill. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I don't know, like being a family man, I think is takes some intentionality. So sometimes I think it's, it's nice to recognize things in people's lives where they've made progress. I mean, I see you, you're hanging out with your kids more. I see more pictures on Facebook. That's not always like a great judge, but just something that you can latch yeah. onto and say, Hey brother, like you're doing a good job. Yeah. I, I've been telling my kid, uh, been telling Birdie, um, Birdie, I think she's my middle child and she's a, a especially tender heart. Uh, she, she's more like wild and doesn't listen quite as easily as I think, uh, Tenley, my oldest Tenley, my oldest is more like a good, she's just a good girl. You know, she just like does what she's told and she's nice and her disposition and demeanor is just like agreeable. Whereas my middle child's classic middle child, you know, she's a little more um, wild and rambunctious. And so sometimes I notice that I can be a little hard on her, expect mm-hmm. her to be like Tenley. And I can see how that can crush her, just the expectations yeah. and all that stuff. And so I've seen the way that she, when I, when I feel like her heart's hard and she's just totally callous, she's actually try- masking a lot of emotion. There's a ton of emotion going on in her heart because sometimes she'll just break. Yeah. She just start bawling her eyes out over something I didn't think was a huge deal. Um, and so she feels my displeasure as her father, like really like like sensitive to that. And so I've, pr- I've tried to make it a deliberate practice. I wrote it in my planner, my little full focus planner. Like I wrote a deliberate practice in there to tell Birdie, like to affirm her. So sometimes I'll just go up to her and say, Birdie, you're a good girl. You are. You're just, you're mm-hmm. a good girl. And uh, even despite... Like, this is just mercy and grace. Like, even if she wasn't a good girl, that, like, today, I just feel like she needs to hear that I like her. Yeah. want to be around her. Um, I like her that she's in our family. Because, I mean, one time I, she was laying in bed, and I was she was just got disciplined by Holly. And uh, she had done something silly. She was laying in bed. It's like a timeout. And I went in there and laid with her. And I said, she was kind of curled up, sucking her thumb away from me. And then I, I said, Birdie, I love you. And she's kind of turned over and she's like, does God love me? And I was like, oh, oh. Like, yes, God loves you. Birdie, the heart melter. Oh, oh man. And she's like, does everybody love me? Yes, everybody still loves you. You know, and so for her as a three-year-old, I don't know how much of that she's comprehending, but I know that it, it felt genuinely emotional. It was like, holy cow. So I, I want her to know that I love her no matter what. There's nothing that can separate separate that. And so an encouraging word throughout the day, you're a good girl. You know? Yeah. I don't think it's a simple place too. Like that um, is a big aspect of telling people you love them. It's not weird mm-hmm. to tell a friend you love them. It's not weird to tell right. like, I did, I, like I think that was like weird for me when I first got saved. And like a guy I, that's now one of my best friends uh, like I had a conversation with him and he like, he's like, all right, man, I love you. Have a good, have a good week. We'll see you. Like, and I'm like, you don't even know me. And I'm right. Like, like, and I'm like, also like, 
we're not going to date. Like, how do you love me? You know, like I was like, you know, like it was so weird. It was such a weird concept for me. Um, but that's something I try and like, I, I, especially with my close guy friends and then like married friends, like we always tell each other, it's not like a call with your mom. Like, I love you. Bye. Like, right. you know, like, but like I periodically make it known that like, I, I appreciate you and I love right. you. And then even like with certain, this is a bridge. I Obviously you need to tread lightly and have, mutual respect but with like women friends of mine Mm -hmm. if i know that like where we stand as friends and not like you know i guess like it's just like a weird thing you don't want to cross and you want to be mindful of but like yeah if they're really close with me and they're some of my best friends i'd be like i love you and i appreciate you yeah like and they like we understand what that means i think that's a good way to redeem i mean because the bible does call us to treat women as sisters yeah and so, you know, you'd say, I love you to your sister. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think it's just weird. Like there's some people that might say like, be listening. Like, cause it was, it would have been weird for me to say that to a friend, like a, a couple years ago to like, to start saying that to like a, a really good friend of mine, but to tell him, tell her that I love her is like yeah. weird. Yeah. You got to read the room, especially as a single guy. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I guess, yeah, I, I should preface this like as a single guy saying it to a single woman. Right. Is that's what I was trying to like fumble words over. But I, th- I guess the whole point of that is saying is to remind people that they are loved. Yes. Um, is huge. Like, just think of, especially in, like in the COVID situation when we were in all lockdown and the people that lived by themselves and were isolated and, you know, weren't able to meet in church, weren't able to meet in their CG, weren't able to go to work. And probably like, and then some people like, you know, just got kind of shunned out or like some things like weren't reached out. Like when I, I know a couple of people like that and they were like, yeah, like I'm, finally talked with a pastor or something like that. And he told me he loved me and it was like, yeah, the world and that the world and so yeah, I think just simple things like that is where to start. And I don't want to preface, like I want to preface that this is, uh, that's me. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? I don't know. I don't uh, know why it doesn't, uh, preface this that like, I don't, we don't want to make you feel bad by if you don't do these things or like if these things super heavy lifting to you, like, yeah, like, all we're trying to get across is just like spread love, spread encouragement, start where you can. Mm-hmm. Um, you may not have the gift of encouragement where, you know, writing a novel handwritten to someone yeah. is like your thing. Well, you can just tell someone you like them and right. like they're an awesome dad or they're an awesome friend. Like, And it really is the little things that I like the phrase little things with great love. Yeah. You know, it's little things with um, intentionality and love. And I love what you said earlier. Let's maybe wrap it up with this. I love that you um, you were talking about how being a community that encourages is a countercultural. Um, I don't know how you put it. It's like it's like a, a, an encouraging community is this. Um, you know, Jesus calls us to be a light to the world, and calls us to be a city on a hill. Oh yeah, and. And, and, he, and he says, like, let your light shine before others, before other people. And I think putting into practice little intentional encouragement um, towards one another can be really radically countercultural, especially in a culture that is so toxic. Yeah. Um, do you remember what you said? You look like you're about ready to say something. No, I just have that quote, that David Brooks quote. What's the David Brooks quote? So this is like, obviously, we're not talking like doing a huge culture talk, but you can shape culture by doing this and your community can shape culture. Uh, so David Brooks said, 
Uh, culture changes when a small group of people find a better way to live and the rest of us copy them. That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So people, I would love to be the type of church that someone uh, looks at and, and interacts with and is like, man, I want to be around those people because they're encouraging. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think if we could start there with a lot of folks, that would guards would go down mm-hmm. and uh, and we would refer people to Jesus. Yeah. We would actually see him. So... You got anything else burning? Nope. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to the Hope City Drip. Whether you're a member of Hope City Church or not, whether you live in the Clinton community or elsewhere, remember that Jesus has called you to a vocation. You're called to be a counterculture of hope. You're called to lock arms with your uh, local church and meet the greatest needs of your community by bringing the greatest news of all.